I knew someone once who grabbed a bag of chips and was eating the chips and like absentmindedly just snacking away as one does with chips. And he said that he was eating the the flavoring at the bottom when he finally looked into the bag and realized it was just filled with like maggots at the bottom. Like something had obviously gotten in and he was like, I don't actually know how many maggots I ate. I'm literally going to throw up. That's I can't <laughs> handle maggots. I can't remember what type of chip it was. Apparently something that looked and felt like maggots because think about it. A chip and a maggot are not in the same realm of, uh, so, yeah. of, you know, feel or, or texture when chewed. But doesn't it also tell you like the state of mind of a person sometimes when they're eating where they're just like absently snacking that they never actually think to themselves. I mean, I think that's just how I eat. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's just my way of eating. They just come to you and the food's gone. Oh, unless it was cheesies, then maybe like a Hawkins cheesy. But even still, you're eating oh. a maggot. They squirm and they're squishy. Look at what I found today. I hope you're excited about it. It is... Oh, wheat crunch. Yeah. Shit. Is that an Alberta-centric thing? I don't even know if it's like popular outside of Calgary. I forgot that those even existed. Well, I was in line at Canadian Tire and I was like, what the shit? And I bought like five. And then there's a big thing on the packaging saying you can order online. And I was like, I will. Holy shit, I'm going to order some too. Every kid had those in their lunchboxes here. Yes. And then, then just one day they were gone. Like, and no one said anything. They were just gone. And we just carried on with our lives like nothing happened. They were just gone. Like hickory sticks, which also exists still. I that's, that's shocking to me. But I really feel like hickory sticks are a good bang for your buck. Like the bag is never ending. It does feel like it was more full than other chips. Oh, yeah. It was a good choice from the vending machine. And it was also usually like a quarter less. Uh, mm-hmm. 75 cents or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Food stories. What do I got? Um, I've got... When I almost killed myself by breaking the tab off of a pop can that I was drinking, dropping it into the can. Oh, and then did and you then choke? forgetting I put it in there. I, I drank it. I didn't choke. It went into my esophagus, perforated my <gasps> esophagus. Um, I didn't think much of it. I was just like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to deal with that. Worked the rest of the day at this <laughs> warehouse job I was working. Oh, my God. Finally got home and was like, crap, I think I need to go to the hospital. So I called my dad. He took me. Um, and yeah, I perforated my esophagus. It was like letting air into <gasps> and i'm just giving you what i remember i was pretty drugged at the time but the explanation i remember was that they uh it had perforated my esophagus and was letting air into the areas around my heart so every time i was oh. breathing more air was getting in and crushing my heart so i was just in immense pain holy shit yeah i was sort of like out of it at one point and going through surgeries and stuff and they're asking me like oh, one to ten what's your pain and i'm like i don't know 13 and then like i got <laughs> morphine to high health and i was more or less out of it for nearly two weeks like just recovering wow. drugged out so that i wasn't awake on an iv drip so i wasn't eating or drinking holy i was 18 it's a real fucked up situation wow Okay, yours is better than maggots. Uh, what else do I got? Wait, I got two more. I'll do them quick. Rapid fire. Uh, we were in Bermuda, Fiona and I, for like my first ever real vacation. And at one point, I bit a uh, tortilla chip the wrong way or tortilla chip the wrong way and uh, sliced my, yeah. my gum in the front here. That'll happen. Had to get a gum graft. That's Didn't know that was a thing. That's gross. It was so bad. Yeah, so you can get uh, gum from what they call the tissue bank or the donor bank so what i ended up having put into my mouth <laughs> is a slight piece of somebody else's uh like jawbone so they cut it open they fold open the flaps they drill into my 
into my jaw a little bit and then place this tiny piece of like bone with uh tooth with like gum tissue on it in there and then let it grow up and stitch it into where it should be and then it just uh, becomes part of me and my personality changed after that well i was gonna say did your taste change were you like all of a sudden i like mango everything about me changed and i uh remembered dark crimes that i don't remember committing well obviously my next question is was this from a dead person or a living person oh it's definitely from a dead person Uh from what i understand the donor bank is not from living people um so they just have a bank filled of tissue that's been donated i could be wrong but that's what the dentist told me well i'm not sleeping tonight that's wow Last story is I used to have a huge gap in the front of my teeth. It was before you knew me, before I got braces. And uh, my party trick was eating mashed potatoes and shooting them out like a Play-Doh machine. Oh, God. Just a long stream of of mashed potatoes coming from between my teeth. Uh, Speaking of food party tricks, I'm going to send you a video and we'll see if we can put it on um, Instagram or Twitter or something of me shotgunning a cupcake at a party once because I just come from work and I was all fancy and they had mini cupcakes. And I remember saying to um, Tim Beliveau, I could eat this in one bite. And he was like, nah. And so the video is me just like hot, like deep throating this cupcake and everyone cheering for me. Just, you know, college, like a person without food issues. Yeah. And if you haven't guessed, we're talking about food tonight. Welcome to Dork Matters. Welcome to Dork Matters, the show that is created by some dorks uh, for all of you dorks out there uh, with uh, dork content uh, ready to roll. And you might be wondering, what's dork content? And uh, it's everything that uh, matters to dorks. It's whatever we say it is. <laughs> whatever. We're dorks. And so if we want to talk about it, it's a uh, it's a dork matter. You get it. You get it, right? Yep. That's the name. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I am uh, your doofus dork, uh, Ben Rankle, and with me, as per always, is... You're thrown off, dork. You always introduce yourself as dad dork, and now I'm like, well, am I the dad dork now? I know, I've been thinking about it, and I thought, if Lexi can change what kind of dork she is, I want to be different <laughs> dork sometimes. Um, I am your gourmand, gourmet dork. I had to look up the difference between those things. Okay, record scratch. Gourmand and gourmet? Yeah. Oh, and what is the difference? Um, a gourmet. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. Okay. Um, there's a whole story. So a gourmet is someone who likes, you know, like the quality of food. So it's a quality over quantity. And a gourmand is quantity over quality. So they like to eat a lot. Wow. I just assumed they were completely different words that had, you know, like maybe gourmet referred to the food and a gourmand was the person who made it. But that's cool. I didn't realize they were kind of diametrically opposed. They're, they're polar opposites. I read this um, collection of, I think, like mixed up fairy tales written for adults. And there was a story of um, a gourmet and a gourmand who lived together. And basically their obsession with food killed them because the gourmet eventually starves to death because no food is good enough and the gourmand 
eats himself to death. So kind of an opposite of the Jack Spratt situation. Yes, yeah. So you were a gourmand or a gourmet? A little bit of both. I like to eat a little bit of a lot. Yeah, I feel the same. Or a lot of a little bit. I don't know. And a lot of a little. I like high quality, but I like small bits of a like I like I I'm the type of person that'll go to a restaurant and want to have like just appetizers for dinner instead of like a full meal. So you could do a uh, a charcuterie dinner or a uh, Oh, I love charcuterie. That's like my go-to meal. A crudite dinner. Crudite. Crudita. That's I've always wanted to go to Spain because of an Anthony Bourdain rip episode where they're in Spain and they basically just like go from restaurant to restaurant like because if you order booze they just keep bringing you tapas mm. and it's like yeah so as long as you're buying a drink you get free food and so the type of uh, drink that you get tells you the type of food that you're going to get so if you get a good glass of wine it might be like cheese and olives or if you get a beer it might be I don't know like bread and something or other so that's that's the life for me right there. So you just get hammered and uh, keep eating. That sounds lovely. Well, just like little little snacks, little snacks throughout the evening. That's my go-to. That's your go-to. Skip dinner, just eat snacks all night. I'm a snack person. I mean, I'm a snack person too, but I still eat dinner, and that is the problem. <laughs> well, this isn't my dinner. This is just my pre-dinner snack. Okay. Well, like this brings us to a good a good a good place to chat, which is, uh, you know exactly that kind of snacker you are. And I think I am both a board snacker and also a, uh, what is it called? Like grazer. I just want to put things in my mouth if I'm Mm. trying to keep my mind occupied on something else. I guess what I'm saying is I have every, every possible reason to continue eating. And I think it shows. (laughs) I, I've been trying to eat like just at my meals instead of grazing all day, because that's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. But Man, low-calorie food is garbage, except for Boom Chicka Pop. That stuff is amazing. Yeah, popcorn's great as a snack. You can just eat as much as you want of it. I think we should probably lay down some grand rules uh, since we are talking about food. We are not looking to shame anybody's body types. We have our own body types. I have previously described mine as being pancake batter in a Ziploc bag. And uh, that's not what we're going to do. So if we're talking a little bit and we're hitting some stuff like talking about body type or the way we eat and stuff, we're just discussing food for the love of food and yeah. and our own issues with how we approach it. And we are not looking to give anybody a vibe or, or you know, make anyone feel bad about their approach to food. You love to eat, eat as much as you want, do what you got to do. Yeah. This is a celebration. Do what makes you happy. A celebration yeah. of food. We're we're celebrating food. And I'd like to also say a celebration of local food, because I think sometimes people have this image of Alberta being like, ah, y'all eat beef out there. And like, yeah, but there's also lots of really amazing other food here. So this is a celebration of all things. I love it. Food today. I love food. Where do we go from here? What is your favorite food? Let's talk about it. Ooh. Okay. So I have two different favorite foods and there's like my favorite meal, like if I was going to have like one last meal, what I would cook. And then there's like my secret gross foods that I think people, like if they hear me, they're like, that's disgusting. I'm going to go home and try it just to make sure. Okay. I think we have to do this through through different categories here. Yeah. I want first, last meal. What would you eat? What would be the last thing? You have finally done it. You have... Uh, you've, you've committed that crime that you've been considering <laughs> for so long. You finally decided... It was time. 
and you got caught. You were sloppy. You weren't good at the crime. You thought about it a lot, but not how to execute it. Poor choice. Uh, so you're caught now. You're on death row uh, in the U.S., I guess, because we don't we don't fuck with that here. Yeah, we don't execute people in Canada. Um, so yeah, you've moved to the U.S. at some point to commit this crime. <laughs> This crime of passion, I assume. And uh, yeah, you're on death row. Last meal, what is it? Okay. Thought about this a lot. First of all, I was actually going through my cookbooks to decide which my meal would be. Oh, that's great. And I think my appetizer for my last meal would be um, the yam fries and miso gravy from The Coup, which is a local vegetarian restaurant here in Calgary. And they released this cookbook of their vegetarian food like years ago. They probably have a newer one, but I bought it specifically to get their miso gravy recipe. And it's the one fucking thing they don't have in the whole book. So that pissed me off, but I have cooked almost every single thing in here. And I would say that would be my appetizer of my last meal. Okay. These delicious yam wedges with delicious warm miso gravy. So good. Then um, I would have my mom's Caesar salad because she makes it just so delicious. What does your mom do that's different? Um, she makes the dressing from scratch and she gets like these really high quality anchovies and like mushes them into a paste with a porter, a mortar and pestle. Oh my God. I want your mom's Caesar now. Oh, I'll bring it for you. It's so good. Like she makes a vat of it. I love anchovies. Oh my God. It's my favorite. And she just puts like a shit ton of lemon juice in it. It's just so, so refreshing and delicious. So I would have my mom's Caesar salad. And then in, in the old in the old Lexi household, my mom is an amazing cook. She, like, she was a home ec teacher a million years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, because she's so young and vibrant. <laughs> Does your mom listen to this? <laughs> no, but you know, I want to be respectful. She's, sure, you know, yeah. she's a young babe. But she, she's just, she's such an incredible cook, but I love lasagna, but lasagna takes 8 million years to make. So she makes something called pseudo lasagna, which is just what we called it, where it's like, like a ziti, like a stovetop. You just put noodles and sauce and cheese and meat and shit in a pot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's my favorite because she lets the sauce sit for just hours. It's so, so delicious. So I'd have that. And then as my final dessert... I would have a really nice coffee because I like a good coffee. And then I would have mocha cake from Glamorgan Bakery. Wow, you're just pulling out all the locals here. They're so good. Okay, if no one knows about Glamorgan Bakery, I almost don't want to tell you because it's so popular. This is a good time to let you know that most of our listeners aren't in our city or even our country. That's why I have to explain it to them. Okay, so American listeners, because apparently that's where a lot of you are. And Western Australia. And the UK and Sweden. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, foreign dignitaries, outside people. We love you, <laughs> foreign investors. Yeah. There's this bakery, and it is like it hasn't changed from like I'm going to say 1965. Like it, it is dingy inside, but my God, they make the best food, and they're known for a cheese bun to the point that like a local weatherman, as his Halloween costume, dressed up as a cheese bun when you're for Halloween. We have a uh, sort of hip. Uh... It's uh, a drug mart slash grocery slash record store slash um, ice cream dispensary post office slash <laughs> ice cream place slash a coffee shop called Luke's in in our city. And uh, their their big uh, announcement recently was that they're carrying now Glen Morgan Bakery uh, cheese buns for 
for those in the know. That shit, like, it sells out. So you have to get there early and pick those up. That's what I ask for for my birthday every year is cheese buns. My mom just goes and buys me, like, a couple bags of cheese buns because they freeze well. That's pretty cool. I, I have now decided I'm going to take my son to uh, the bakery tomorrow morning. <laughs> you know what the great thing is? You can try the mocha cake because they have, they're not even pieces of cake that you can buy individually. They just have, like, they're, like, bite-sized brownie-sized pieces of cake. So you just a little bit. Nice. Just cake bites. Lovely. That rounds out the meal? Yeah, that's my meal. That's my meal of I'm about to die. And now you're dead. Yep, now I'm dead. Probably yeah. from all the cholesterol. Uh, uh, who do you have come in to read you your last rites? What uh, what religion? I was raised Protestant. I couldn't tell you which kind. Um, the sarcastic Protestants? Which one is that? I don't know. Sure, yeah, no. I am familiar with them myself. My dad was Protestant. My mom was Baptist. And I am nothing. I, yeah, I'm nothing. I think I'd probably have, like, I'd say goodbye to John. Will Shorts. You know what I would do is I would have Ashley Shaw come read to me from the book of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Oh, nice. Just because I'd want to say goodbye to her because I think she'd be like, nah, you're fine. You got this. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, get back to us. Let us know what's on the other side. And now you're dead. Sorry about that. Yeah, get out of there. What about you? Uh, I'll keep it simple. Uh, I would... Uh have shepherd's pie. I don't know from where exactly or or exactly whose, but it would be some form of shepherd's pie. Maybe the most expensive one I could find, like Wagyu beef or something silly. Yeah, I just want a nice comforting. I was going to ask, like, are you a lamb person? Uh, yeah, right. So we should get into just very briefly the difference between shepherd's pie and cottage pie, which is the meat that you use. And not everyone knows that. And it also, I don't think matters anymore. Just call it all shepherd's pie. Who cares? It's all, it's all shepherd's pie. Uh, but yeah, I'm into lamb. I'm into turkey ones. I'm into beef. I think the layering of the meat and the vegetables and the mashed potatoes is just the most magical combination. Uh, you get one slice of that and it's a full proper meal all on its own. And it's so fucking comforting. That would be a way I could say goodbye to the world is with a with a big piece of well-made shepherd's pie. Little bits of gravy. Do you put ketchup on it? Uh, I have been known to put ketchup on it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not above that. Um, I generally think a good shepherd's pie can, you know, stand on its own, which is gravy. But if you want to throw ketchup on there, do it. If you want some of that sugary tomato jam, go for it. See, my grandma used to make a shepherd's pie, but instead of mashed potatoes, she would make dumplings and put them on top. Mm, like biscuit dumplings. Yeah, but like not. I don't even know how to describe it because they were more doughy than bready. Yeah, yeah. Just like a proper actual, like a soup dumpling or something. Your sort of pan-Euro North American food. I get you. So my um, mom's side of the family is Scottish. And there are all these like kind of nuanced, like little bits of like Scottish history in the food that has been like bastardized by Canadian. as Probably all of Canada is just like a bastardization of where we've all come from, unless you're indigenous and then you're the true people of Canada. That's not sarcastic. We both actually firmly believe that. Yeah, we firmly believe that. We are colonial settlers that are doing our best to figure that shit out. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing that I don't think we're maybe prepared to talk about, but it's interesting to at least bring up is sort of the idea of uh, North American indigenous foods from different tribes and stuff like that and different nations and and sort of also how it was informed by the way they were treated by European uh, colonialists and like making certain foods and dishes that became sort of synonymous with different nations uh, based on the food products they had available from a government that was basically trying to kill them in Canada specifically, starve them out. So that's interesting. And 
it'd be cool to talk about that someday, but today is not that day. But God, there is such a great history of food with the different nations in, in this in this territory. So there's this place called Blackfoot Crossing, which is this historical museum in southern Alberta, um, which is um, just south of Cluny. And it is this amazing, beautiful cultural center. And I highly recommend everybody go there, especially because the cafeteria, the last time I was there, they had, I think it was bison burgers on fry bread. And it, I can still taste it. It was so amazing. Just the fry bread was absolutely incredible. So if ever you are in Southern Alberta, people come from all over the world to go to Banff, which is awesome. But if you're in Alberta, do yourself a favor and uh, head out to um, Blackfoot Crossing. It's the amazing center there. And eat the food. Yeah. Good tip. Good travel tip. Next. I love it. Let's keep going. What are we talking about next? We're both dead now from eating delicious food. Okay. What's the thing that you eat that you think is absolutely disgusting and vile that nobody else would like? Your gross food. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It could just be a snack or something weird. Like maybe you scoop uh, scoop powdered iced tea by the uh, by the teaspoon and just shove it in your mouth. Is that is that what you do? I'm not saying I've done that. I don't do that. I may have done that in the past. I don't currently do that. I am an adult and I don't have to tell you. <laughs> Look, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, it might have been something I did as a younger person. I think that I have like four and two of them are just like, oh, are you an adult or are you eight? And then the other two I think are like more legitimately gross. But I'm like, this is my comfort food. Okay. I had I came with one, but I'm really curious to see if I get inspired by any of yours. So let's hit them. Okay. Rapid fire. Um, we'll start with the not so gross one. I love a good saltine cracker. Actually, growing up, I would go, no, 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 I'm not done yet. You put shit on the saltine. It's not just the cracker. Okay. For the listeners, I made a bit of a motion and a facial <laughs> expression that suggested that there was nothing weird about eating a saltine cracker. No. Except that it's basic and boring. My grandma used but to put wrong margarine on the saltine crackers for me. She'd be like, ah, here you go. Okay, but not that. All right. Um, so a saltine cracker with just tons of peanut butter and then chocolate chips. That's like my I'm sad and I want to eat something. I like that. It's so good. I don't think that's gross. I'm with you. Oh, I used to make little sandwiches out of peanut butter and jam on saltine crackers. And I'd make a whole plate of them, just a little tray when I was a kid still living at home. And it was just like my beautiful little snack. And I was going to munch those while I watched a cartoon or something. Those are my Kelvin and Hobbes snacks. Like while I was reading the comics, I would eat my chocolate peanut butter saltines. Nom, nom, nom. So delicious. I love it. I think it's beautiful and I don't think it's gross. I'm passing judgment on your choices. We should make the food and then do like a little photo shoot for everybody. Mm-hmm. We should we should make a shitty cookbook. So number two, and this is my sister. I'm calling out Megan because she and I used to do this together. Because my parents both worked like serious people, adult jobs when we were growing up. And so we would have to like cook food for ourselves all the time. But we were like gross teenagers. Were you a proverbial latchkey kid? Yes, 100%. Oh, okay. So we would be like, oh, what are we going to eat? So here's what you eat is you grate some marble cheese. Okay, just the co-op brand marble cheese into a giant pile. Put it in a little bowl and then pour um, pasta sauce right out of the jar, right on top of it. Oh. Now you're going to microwave that bad boy. Wow. I was, I, yeah. I thought I knew where this is going and it was to the microwave. No. It's to the microwave because that's how latchkey kids cook. I did not ever put pizza sauce on my, or tomato sauce or pasta sauce on my cheese though. I would microwave it and just eat it. And it was always that big block from, from co-op. 
oh yeah, the big block from co-op. But then, so then you have like a cheesy tomato-y mess and then you eat it again with the saltines or Ritz crackers, Breton crackers, or stone wheat thins. Any type of cracker will do. Somebody was fancy with their four types of crackers. I like a charcuterie. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we should try to get a saltine sponsorship from Nabisco or whoever, or Mr. Christie, whoever the fuck. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Let's do a photo shoot of <laughs> saltine crackers. Yeah, I'm not joking. Ooh, all the different ways you can use a saltine. And also, if you're listening to this and you have a great saltine cracker recipe, I want you to 100% message us on social media or or email us. We want those recipes. Um, I will at the very least talk about them or make a list that we share out, uh, show notes or something someday. But yeah, I 100% mean it. We're going to make ourselves a mini little saltine cracker cookbook. We're doing it. There was this drag queen that was on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, and all she did the entire season was talk about how much she loves Heinz beans on toast. And sure enough, Heinz decides to sponsor her, and she gets a lifetime supply of canned beans. Mm -hmm. And she made a comment of, like, this was the plan all along. And so, uh, saltine crackers. Nothing can be better than a saltine. Hey, hey, Ben. We need to be very clear about which brand of saltine cracker we want. The one in the red box. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, Mr. Christie. Is that it? Yeah. I'm going to double check. We want the delicious small saltines. They're delicious in a soup. You can have them as a dessert. You get four giant pillars of them in one red box. And if you're having chicken noodle soup, you crush up half of the package, dump it in until it's just (laughs) a fucking uh, swamp (laughs) in your bowl. And then eat that shit. It's more like a stew by the time. Yeah. Uh, a saltines and chicken stew. Yeah, it's Christie's. I I like to put it in um, Campbell's, like, probably their um, chowders, delicious. Where it's less soup than it is sludge by the time you have, like, ten crackers in there. Yeah. I want some more. Hit me with your next gross one. Okay. Um, Maybe, uh, this is maybe not as gross, but it makes me feel like a toddler every time I eat it. But it is my go-to. I'm having a bad day. I just want to feel nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I will boil up a bunch of pasta and then it has to be zesty Italian salad dressing. Oh, that is weird. I've never heard that one. No. And then I just pour it all over the pasta and then just absolute boatloads of Parmesan cheese. I'm not even sure I think any of these are gross yet. I think they're all very college. I think they're disgusting. I think they're absolutely like I'm 18 and living on my own for the first time, but uh <laughs> Well, I, I, I shame eat the pasta thing. Like, John hates cheese. And so, first of all, he thinks that Parmesan, or as I like to call it, sprinkle cheese. <laughs> Jesus. He thinks it's disgusting. The stuff that comes out of the can from Kraft? Yes. Yeah, that's not cheese. The stuff that, no, it, it's powdered foot. I don't know. Probably. No, yeah, it's powdered like, you know, that stuff you scrape off your feet, the bunions or the whatever, the hard yes. parts. They just put it into a jar, they collect it, and then you shake and it. I, then I eat it. It smells about the same. That is my go-to. Now we made it gross. Okay, okay. And so I love it. It's delicious. This is my ultimate gross one. And I have to say, so um, a good friend of mine is, uh, he's a, a produce person at Community Natural Foods here in Calgary, which is kind of like our version of Whole Foods, I guess you could say. It's the closest we get. Whole Foods has never really uh, executed on opening a store in our city for some I reason. I thought they did have one here. They have had a couple that were supposed to open and never, never ended up oh. happening. Maybe they saw what happened to Krispy Kreme and uh, Target here. And or Target decided they couldn't yeah. they couldn't take that risk. 
I would like to say that I tried my best to keep Target open. I feel like I single-handedly kept a store open here, but I mean, there's only only so many socks you can buy. Bright pink, uh, the women's section was where I I like to buy all my socks for a long time, and uh, I do miss it. There and pajamas. I miss Target. Um, Anyway, so my friend Dylan, he is an incredible cook, and so anytime he's like, "This is a great." food combination I just trust him because everything he's ever made has been absolutely delicious so one day he's like I just stay with me it's gonna sound disgusting but it's so good so you get a pita like a whole wheat pita that's Mm -hmm. like maybe the size of your face like a large one let's keep it local and alienate all our listeners go to Biblos Bakery here in Calgary to get your (laughs) pitas or Lakeview yeah I feel like Biblos is a little more Calgary the gluten-free option now we're just arguing about neighborhoods. Anyway. Good, good podcast. <laughs> it's so accessible to people. <laughs> Listen to Lexi and Ben argue about Calgary communities. That's what you came here for, folks. Okay. Yep. You get your pita. Your whole wheat pita and then some type of nut butter. And it can't be sweet. It can't be like a sweet peanut butter. It has. Can we stop for just a quick second and appreciate the term yeah, nut butter? Yeah, it could be an almond. Let's, let's just sit there it for a second. It could be a cashew. It's funny. You can't... You can't say nut butter in a conversation and not just stop to appreciate how funny it sounds. You've never worked at an organic food store before because that that sentence comes up a lot. And you don't snicker every single time? No, I'm like, what type of nut butter do you use the most? <laughs> nut butter. Maybe you just need somebody more immature around to help you appreciate how silly it sounds. I know. Well, it's like truffle butter whatever that you know what okay so you take a nut butter and a not sweet one well ben's gonna keep giggling i'm just gonna go on with the recipe because it is delicious so i personally like an almond nut butter but i mean like you do you you can use a peanut a cashew yeah there's it just can't be sweet you don't want a sweet nut butter is it salty apparently in some parts of the world you can get a spicy nut butter like a savory or a, like a spicy. I'm sorry, I'm actually dying. Yeah, Ben's having a cry right now. Oh, Just, Jesus. We're we're adults here, folks. We like to keep it above board. Okay, you've got your pita and you've got your nut butter. Spicy, apparently. Well, I like just a plain one. Like okay, an okay, okay. I'm okay, good. So I got this. You got your whole wheat pita, the almond butter, we'll just say, so Ben doesn't peel off into more laughter. I appreciate it. Thank you. And then you need kale, like a dark leafy green, like La Ciento, La Ciento? You lost me. A dark kale, like dinosaur kale, like a really dark green. Mm-hmm. And then sauerkraut, like from the jar. This is, this is a crime. It's you just committed so a crime. good. And then you wrap that bitch up. This is what you went to oh death row God. for. Canada brought it back and put you on it for this crime against culinary Dylan would not steer me wrong. And so one day he said it and I was like, that's disgusting. And another guy that I worked with was like, no, I'm doing it. Cause Dylan has never made a bad meal and he made it and was like, this is legit delicious. And so every so often I make it and I call it like my pregnant woman wrap. And it is so delicious. Sauerkraut, uh, kale, pita, nut butter, delicious. Okay. What we're going to do at some point, along with our saltine cracker, uh, recipe, mini recipe book PDF that we're going to put out for you all, uh, complete with photos is, uh, we're going to make some sort of small video where Lexi makes me 
this god awful disgusting sounding thing and i will i will put it in my mouth and we'll see what happens we will film that reaction and then when he loves it i will accept his praise and his apology for giggling like a wee child wait why do i have to apologize that was about nut butter <laughs> just said it sounded gross and you brought it here to me no you said that i was gonna die because the food was so gross yeah i did say you committed this a crime is, i deserve death what's your gross food now uh, I don't even know if I have anything anywhere near as bad as yours. <laughs> <laughs> now all of my snacks seem pretty normal. Uh, I guess the grossest one is I'll get um, imitation crab, okay. Alaskan Pollock, and I'll break it up into a bowl and put like a pad of butter on it, oh. melt it, and just eat that. Okay. It's like it's like eating buttered crab, right? Like, uh, I can't eat that. I'm allergic to shellfish. But it's still sort of gross when you think about the idea of just like taking a chunk of butter out of the fridge and putting it on top of imitation crab and microwaving it. Um, when we were in college, when I, we would have like late nights out at the old art hotel, which was the pub. You mean the fart hotel. The fart hotel. Because it was the pub called the art hole. The fart hole. Anyway, you know, you can see how a couple, you know, beautifully drawn letters. Graffitied letters. But I would go home and I was like... I need something in my stomach to help me, you know, not be inebriated. Yeah. And all my mom would just buy me packages of imitation crab at Costco. I lived at home during college and I would just stand there with the fridge door open and just eat like half a package of imitation crab after a night out. It's so good. It's so good. Did you ever melt butter on it? No, I would dip it in wasabi. Oh, that's even better. Shit, I'm putting imitation crab on my grocery list. This episode's making me hungry. Well, you know what you get is a spicy sriracha mayo. Oh, that sounds good. It's like an aioli. Yeah. Please write us to let us know what you think of our food choices. <laughs> we are not high right now, also. Oh my god, I wish. What did I what did I choose? I think that's the grossest thing I got. I don't I can't think of anything else. That's weak. I'm ashamed. I'm sorry. I'm trying. But when I was a kid, I would take, as I mentioned, on occasion, spoonfuls of iced tea powder mix. That's pretty disgusting. No. What? That was you? Yeah. <laughs> this is my dark secret coming up. Uh, and I was with you on that melting marble cheese because I used to do the same thing, but I would just eat the melted cheese from a bowl like some sort of monster. Yeah, you need some tomatoes in there to cut that shit. I don't know. So that's that's what I got nowadays. I just eat like beef jerky if I want a snack. <laughs> Boo, where's the gross? Some sort, of, some sort of meat. I know, I feel so disappointed in myself. Uh, what's gross? I bet Fiona could come up with something gross that I do. Uh, or eat, I mean. <laughs> she can definitely come up with gross shit that I do. But, uh, gross shit that eating. you eat, so it has to be specific to that. We should, have asked, we should have asked our partners what the most disgusting thing they've seen us eat. Well, John is. would definitely say the cheese, because he thinks all cheese is disgusting. And I love a good blue uh, cheese. And he's like, oh, so you eat mold? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's delicious. Yeah, why not? It's not the first time. Oh, I went to a cheese party once. That sounds like it would be delicious, but also trouble for my stomach long term. Well, none of us smelled good for a few days. I'll just put that out there that's okay uh, well that's why you don't roll in the cheese one of the girls there she made so she bought pillsbury um just pastry dough and a, a wheel of brie and then she covered the brie with butter and uh, maple syrup and brown sugar and then wrapped it in the pastry dough and then baked it i've made that it's good oh it's so good you can also do it uh where you take a wheel of brie and just dump like kalua on it and then you light it up and then dip crackers in it after the flame goes out i like to put raspberry jam on top of my brie 
Um, I don't know if this is disgusting or not, but I like to put jam in cottage cheese and eat that. Is that weird? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's no, because they you can you I don't know if you still can, but you used to be able to buy individual cottage cheese things that came with jam. Right at the bottom, and you're supposed to like mix them yeah. up, right? Yeah. Okay. Not weird. I'm sorry. I guess I eat more normal than I thought I did. That brings us to the halfway mark of our show, and as always, we've got Who's that, that Pokemon? Pokemon? What do you got for me this week? When last we met, I talked about a wet bag of sand. This time, I'm going to use a cheese analogy. So imagine... Okay. (laughs) There was a guy at art school who made a bust of Jesus out of Velveeta cheese, and it was called Jesus. Um, Jesus, yeah. This individual is... It's a a dark silhouette, but filled with piss and vinegar, and it's like a blue cheese silhouette of a man. It's like we've never seen Pokemon. No. <laughs> and I'm just describing flavors and like shadows. Okay, so we have a dark shadow that tastes like piss and vinegar. And blue cheese. <laughs> and blue cheese. Um, Lovely. Boy, this sounds like something I'll be able to guess. Mm. Uh it's the silhouette is tall and it's uh mm. it's got a a big square for a head and then bunched up shoulders like they're around its neck. Mm. So grouchy, like this. Um, and then two two little sticks, and uh, that's that's all I got for you. Who is it, Ben? I have no fucking clue. Chester the Cheetah. I'm just that's Gordon Ramsay. Gordon, on. oh, <laughs> you're right. I should have gotten that silhouette. Gordon Ramsay, as everyone knows, has a uh, a very well designed character silhouette. Yeah, it's like a block of cheese known as average white male (laughs) square ahead okay someday i'm gonna take a shot at this and see if i can do any better i love it gordon ramsay i was really impressed that you got margaret atwood last yeah did i i don't remember i think eventually after i kept yelling bag of sand at you and then you were like margaret atwood yeah all right now we have to do the end part of it it's gordon ramsay because they always yell it i'm gonna send you the clip so you know what who's that pokemon's all about I know what. Oh, I really actually thought you didn't. You'd never seen it. Um, no, remember I drew Nurse Joy as one of my characters right. for Inktoben. <laughs> I have had people message me to be like, "I think you mean October." And I'm like, "No, I mean October." Inktober. Actually, glasses up. Like, actually, I don't. I know what I'm Check doing. Check out this cool new hashtag. Only one of the words on the list was misspelled. Which is impressive. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Welcome back. We are here again after that wonderful break. Uh, I got sick uh, a year and a half ago. Oh, good from food. No, I don't know why I got sick and, and no um, no doctor that I went to see over the course of however many months was able to help me. And then eventually it stopped. Uh, but the point is during that, I could only eat like basically uh, chicken noodle soup and salting crackers were the only, and Pedialyte. And that was mm-hmm. all I ate for like, two and a half three months and i lost like 40 pounds and uh people kept asking me if i was dying that's a that's a good anecdote right oh i've got a good one like one time it was christmas eve and i think john and i had been dating for like i don't know a couple years still still fairly new in the relationship yeah fiona and i are 11 and you know we got married after seven so i feel like two is still relatively fresh yes like who are you again john yeah so it was Christmas Eve, and I remember I was at my sister's house, and I was like, I'm not feeling well. And she was like, you're fine. 
And then I was staying at my parents' house and John was going to come meet us on Christmas day. And halfway through the night, I just got super, super sick. And this is when I knew he was a keeper because I texted him and I was like, I'm sick. I can't go to Christmas day, anything like it's, it was bad news. And he was like, can I bring you anything? Like, I'll come pick you up from your parents' house and I'll take you home because I was too sick to drive. And he said, well, you know, it's, it's Christmas. Like what's open on Christmas day. And especially like 10 years ago. <laughs> and I was like, when I get super, super sick, all I can eat are pizza pops, like cheese wow. pizza pops. That's like, wow. that's all I can stomach. I bought some of those recently to see if uh, they were as good as I thought they were as a kid and they're not. No, they're sick food for me. So I only eat them when I'm sick. So if I eat them when I'm healthy, I feel like I'm going to be like, it's a whole thing. Wow. That could be a self-perpetuating cycle. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, they're not food. They're just chemicals, but any, well, all food is chemicals. You eat them. It makes you sick. And then you eat them to, because that's all you can eat while you're sick. And then you get better. So then you keep eating them. Yeah. But I told him like, all I want right now is a pizza pop and ginger ale. And so God bless that man. He drove around the city looking for an open 7-Eleven or gas station or whatever. And he came, he picked me up and he took me home and he made me pizza pops and ginger ale. And for like four days, I was sick as a dog, but he fed me pizza pops and I will love him forever for that. Because it was so nice of him. Was it swine flu? I think I actually had, was it Norwalk or norovirus? I was teaching kindergarten at that time and I've never been so sick in my life as when I taught kindergarten probably like god bless the kindergarten teachers oh yeah that's disgusting um okay I have to tell you a story and it's not mine and I hope she'll forgive me for telling this but it is my favorite food poisoning story is this somebody I know that we should put on blast or should we bleep their name no. um we should bleep their name okay say it really loud so Jess can bleep it Beep. <laughs> my beloved friend we used to go for Indian food all the time and she loves, loves, loves butter chicken. And one time she went to this place and she was like, yeah, the food was like, it tasted off. And she ate the butter chicken and she was living at home with her parents and she got wicked, wicked food poisoning, just sick as a dog. And she was throwing up so badly that she couldn't catch her breath. And so because she couldn't get enough oxygen into her system, she, like she was starting to cramp up. So like she was like, she couldn't move. She was literally like passed out next to the toilet and her mom had to call an ambulance. <laughs> not funny. Jesus. But her mom had to call an ambulance because it was... You're laughing a lot for something that's stay, not funny. Stay with me. <laughs> okay, I'm here. <laughs> She's so sick. She's like, I literally, like, it was awful. The paramedics show up at her parents' house and come into the bathroom and they're like, what drugs are you on? And she's like, butter chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you haven't ground up and snorted some butter chicken, are you really living? Oh, I still like that's my every time I eat butter chicken I think of her and I'm like god I loved her <laughs> she was so awesome I love it that's perfect uh, we're moving on we are talking about your go-to DoorDash order now ooh. if you don't want to leave the house and you want someone to bring you food and in the past that meant calling a specific place and finding somebody that uh did delivery now it's it's as easy as a click of a button i think is what old people say when they talk about the internet uh what do you get what's your go-to order for doordash what is the thing that is simple easy and if you can't think of anything else you want that oh vietnamese easily okay we got we got a daily double oh do you also yeah bon me yes 
yeah, I want a Vietnamese sub. If we can't figure out what else we want, don't want to go super unhealthy, I can convince myself that a Vietnamese sub is pretty good for me. I love a good, um, like, noodle bowl. Delicious. I, I like noodles at the best of times. So any type of noodle, soup, delicious charbroiled meats. Sure. Um, I like the salad roll. If you can get three or four meats in one vermicelli bowl. Yes. Why would you not? So good. You get the ball, you get the spring roll, you get the intestines. Yep. And uh, sometimes you get that like charred, charred version of whatever meat it is as well. I love it. I'll eat it all. Hey, speaking of intestine meats, um, do you hot pot? Uh, I have hot potted. It wasn't, isn't something I'd call a regular, but it's good because okay. you just reminded me of something I tried uh, not long ago that I love and I will eat, continue eating, which is a uh, version of uh, pig intestines that are cooked sort of deep fried, sort of battered. Okay. They come from a local restaurant. Uh, it's a, it's a Chinese dish and it is the best. I'll try anything. I have no problem. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not allergic to it, why not? Well, I mean, like, again, like I said, my family is Scottish. And so I don't get the big deal. Like when people are like, ew, haggis. I'm like, are you eating a hot dog right now? Same thing. Yeah. 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 I've got no problems with haggis. I've made haggis. Nothing. Nothing wrong with intestine meat, folks. If you're going to eat an animal, you might as well eat as much of that animal as you can. Yeah, make it worth it. You know, it honors the animal. Don't be disrespectful to its its death. Uh, okay, wait. Uh, we never go on tangents, as everyone knows. It's never, never happened. It will never happen again. Since we're talking food, one of the things that I'm super interested in is uh, lab-grown uh, meat proteins. Ooh, interesting. Are you down with that? Oh, yeah. Does it gross you out? No. Right? Okay, just I do feel it. like if we have a way of making meat protein that we don't have to kill something, why would we not do that? I'm all about sustainable agricultural practices and meat. Pro- like, if there's a way that we can be cruelty free and have access to a protein source, do it up. If there's a way that we can sustainably produce food for our massive population, mm-hmm. do it. I don't care if it's bugs. I don't care if it's lab growth. Vertical farming, yo. Yeah. I wish that people would do that more. I'm probably allergic to bugs, unfortunately. How do you know? Um, I don't know for sure, but I'm too scared to try. Uh, I was reading an article about, you know, the sort of advent of of bug food and all that. And there was sort of a caveat at one point about how people who are allergic to shellfish are more often allergic to uh, bugs as well due to uh, a shared protein. Okay, I can see that. And I am allergic to uh, shellfish, so I will die when we all transition to bug food. I will starve. Well, my hope is that the people who can eat the bug food do eat the bug food so that you can have... No, all the beef and pork and chicken. Uh, But lab-grown. Right, that seems fun. like I don't see what the big deal is. Just eat it. I've definitely run into folks that I talk about, and they're like, "I don't trust science, and I'm not going to eat lab-grown stuff." And I'm like, "Okay." Do you remember back in like the late '80s, early '90s, there was like an Easy Bake Oven, but it was for gummies. Yeah, my sisters had one. We ate that shit. What's the difference between eating crap like that or like all of the different snack foods? Oh, we're going to go on a, yeah. a tangenty tangent, a tangent from our tangent, which is now we're getting into just take the fucking vaccine. Oh. You don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in that package of Oreos you ate either, but you ate it all. <laughs> take the fucking vaccine. Like You just pounded a monster energy drink. You're fine. Yeah. You know what all those ingredients are? I don't think you do. No. So no. Uh, stop coming up with excuses. Excuses is what I call excuses when I feel angry. <laughs> call them excuses. 
You know I'm mad when I say excuses. Uh, stop coming up with excuses and just uh, just just take the jab. I've done it. Lexi did it. We're fine. Yep. Everyone's fine. We're fine. Stop it. If anything, I feel stronger. I feel better. And uh, my Wi-Fi has never been better. I just like being able to eat in a restaurant. Yeah. Like, go do things. Like, be a part of society again. I'm still holding back a bit because I've got a two-year-old who cannot get vaccinated at this point and a soon-to-be infant, and I have to be ultra-cautious. And yeah, uh, I would be lying to myself if I said my lifestyle had really changed at all since before I had kids or was... I've always been a shut-in misanthrope, so... Uh, I, I, I will say, like, we're homebodies at the best of times. So, like, I've, I've gone yeah. to friends' houses less, and I've we've eaten out maybe five times in the past year. Yeah, seeing less friends means uh, instead of two to three times a year, it's, it's been once yeah. from a distance. You're just waving across a parking lot at somebody. Okay, the lab-grown meat brings us to an ethical quandary, which is would you eat extinct animals if they could grow that meat in a lab? Mm, that's a great question. So they found some genetic data and they're able to, you know, bring us a dodo. Just they can't make the dodo live again, but they can bring us dodo protein. We can find out what that dodo tasted like. Would you do it? Okay, so here's the thing about me. I feel like fancy foods are wasted on me. As we have heard, I eat garbage trash. So someone coming to me and being like, ooh, this very fancy like Wagyu beef. I'm like, oh, I can't tell it. Like, one time my uncle gave um, John and I like a sip of whiskey from this, like, it was like a super fancy, really old, like thousand dollar, but like, I don't know. I was like, it tastes like burning. I don't know. Yeah. It, like fancy things are wasted on me. I'm the same with coffee. Yeah. Coffee is coffee is coffee. I love coffee. I used to be a huge coffee snob. You have a kid and see how long that lasts. You know what I drink now? No name brand instant coffee. And I fucking love it. It's fine. I know I've had it <laughs> every time I go out. And I find instant coffee. I think of you guys. And I'm like, oh, I should buy this for Ben and Fiona. No, see, when you were by, you had fancy Nescafe. And then I found all the ethical issues with yes. that company. And you stopped wanting to buy it. Yeah. And now we get no name brand, which is a actual name of a brand from a superstore chain here where we live. And uh, it's about as cheap and uh, unassuming as you can get. And that's what I drink now. And it's fine. I have no problems with it. I... I've lost, I've lost any sort of foodie snobbery that I used to have. Um, it's gone. Years and years ago, we went to Amsterdam for Christmas or no for uh, New Year's Eve, and it was awesome. Best New Year's Eve ever. But a friend of ours who booked the trip, he asked his credit card company for some reason. Do you, he was on the phone like, "Hey, just so you know, I, my credit card hasn't been stolen. I'm going to Amsterdam. By the way, do you have any recommendations?" And the person was like, yeah, there's this really awesome Japanese restaurant. If you want, I'll book it for you. And he was like, yeah, for sure. And so we wound up going to this restaurant. I couldn't tell you the name of it. Later on, we found out it was like this three-star Michelin Japanese restaurant. And I don't know. I just went and I was like, this, bring me this food. I don't know. That's a great, like chunk of this story is the fanciest place you've ever eaten. And it sounds like that was it. Oh, it was so fancy. The three-star Japanese place that you can't remember the name of. It, I'll, I'll find it. It was, the to this day, the best food I've ever had in my life. It, there was like wine pairings with everything. It was like six courses or something. Everything was like the size of a loony. Yeah. Just absolutely tiny. I had to have a, a person came and explained to you how to eat the food. And it was unbelievable. What's the fanciest food you've ever had? So we went to uh, 
Italy uh, for a book festival. Um, I got to take along with Fiona and uh, we were there for, it's called Luca. Uh, it's the name of a town and the name of the festival. It's a comic book festival, huge deal there. But we flew into Milan and uh, we were jet lagged as F. I don't know what time it is. The lighting's all weird. We crossed like the famous like Milan Canal and it's drained and full of garbage because oh. apparently they're doing some sort of construction work somewhere Very along nice. the line. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Where am I? What's going on? And then our hosts take us into this beautiful, tiny little hole in the wall uh, restaurant. And it's like uh, one of those, what are they called now? The art where they start like doing funny food with like the intent of it being more like scientific. I, why can't I remember this like word? Gastro. Gastro something. Yeah. I got the gastro. I don't know what the other part is. The fancy food. The science yeah. The science people make the food. So they're doing that sort of thing. Yeah, we have these beautiful meals. They're just fantastic. I have no idea where we are. I'm just like like boorish, slovenly looking North American <laughs> person who's just like dazed and confused. And uh, yeah, it was, it turns out he's like, did you enjoy the food or host? And I'm like, yeah, it was, it was great. It was lovely. And he's like, this is a Michelin starred restaurant. It's like one of the best in, in Milan. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I feel like I wasn't adequately appreciative enough. And then they brought out this strawberry or no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they brought out what looked like uh, a strawberry or a tomato. I can't, you can tell how jet lagged I was. Oh, um, and then it was a red thing. Yeah. And I tried to eat it and then it all sort of like evaporated in on itself what? and melted down. And it was like a dessert cream or something. It was insane. And it was also like a fever dream. Uh, and then we went to this weird old church that was converted into a hotel and slept in a room and I didn't know where I was or what was happening. So I just uh, played on my DS and couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> like a true Canadian. <laughs> There was one restaurant we went to because we drove to San Francisco maybe like 10 years ago, 11 or whatever. We drove to San Francisco and we went to this place because uh, John went down there because when he was working for Apple, he was at Cupertino for a bit. And he took me to this restaurant called Skoma's. And it was a place where like there's pictures of JFK eating there, you know, like Marilyn Monroe. One of those types of places where the waiters are like 70. Legacy. And it is probably the best seafood I've ever had in my life. Like we, like I had ravioli with like a big lobster tail and like the place where they, the boats come and drop off the fish is like 10 feet away from the restaurant. Mm -hmm. oh. All the best meals I've had are at restaurants I can't remember the names of. This is the only one where I'll remember it. Skoma's. So good. Yeah. Getting to tag along on book tours and that sort of thing. I've been to just a wild variety of restaurants um, in places that I just can't remember. Ooh, I've got a question. Hit me. Um, if you were going to travel to any country for cuisine, where would you go? I think it's France for me. I think that's been... Well, hold up. You asked if I could travel somewhere to try the cuisine, not where I'd go back to if like what my favorite cuisine I think is is generally speaking French cooking interesting my favorite experiences generally speaking have been in France it's been just lovely going there oh. uh, the food is fantastic the people are lovely I think they get a bad rap overall um, they're all dressed <laughs> lovely though and I always feel like an ogre walking around but uh, they make you feel at home especially if you're with like a good group of people who we are lucky to do uh, those trips with. There's usually the publishers that Fiona has, uh, our guides. So I would, I love the food in France. I love the atmosphere in France. I love the restaurants. Hmm. That's where I go back to. Where would I go to eat? 
Uh, I guess I kind of want to go to a noodle house in Japan. That yeah. seems like a fun thing. What do you got? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to eat? What's the dish you want to go and find and taste? I want to go to Korea and do like a food tour because... Just everything? Just every Like I love, uh, like I want to try like street food. I want to go to like fancy restaurants. I want to go to like carts on the street or just like mom and pop owned places. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I love Korean food, period. I love Korean mm-hmm. music. I love Korean TV. I would just like to go to Korea and eat my way across the country because every region has a dish that's like so specific to it. So I would just love to go and, you know, have someone just come around with me and say like, we're going to go eat at this place. And I would be like, yeah, let's do it. I love it. Go hiking. It'd be great. And where is the place you would want to go back to? Where have you been and eaten that is like your favorite place where you could just spend your time? Um, I really love the Netherlands. I got to say, I find... Oh, interesting. Like it's, it's so accessible for food because the gas station has like decent quality food. Oh my God. And I find that like, I love a good yogurt and I find that like the Netherlands has such a beautiful dairy selection that we don't have access to in North America. So I would a hundred percent go back to the Netherlands um, for the food that we had there. I also really like fish and I'm, I'm good with a pickled fish and I'm good with a bread. So I'd, I'd love to go back. Pickled herring is underappreciated for sure. It really is. It's, and they've got delicious desserts. Like we ate at um, a waffle cart and it was just, Nutella and strawberries and whipped cream and delicious. And then the next day we ate at like a French fry cart and they had like eight different types of mayo. I'm not a big mayo person, but I got to tell you, I respect a place that has like, do you want a curry mayo, a spicy mayo, regular mayo, maybe a sweet mayo. Like So many mayos. Just so thoughtful. I don't think we talked enough about fish and chips this episode, which is disappointing to me. Fish and chips is amazing. And I don't think I found a place to put it. I love pub food. Yeah, pub food is good. I love anything that comes from a, a pub. I love the tradition of pub food. I like a good vinegar on my fish and chips, like a nice dark vinegar. Hell yeah. So good. Hell yeah. Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to Tofino, <gasps> you get the fish and chips. Uh, redfish, bluefish on the island. Crab shack. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love, I love, I think it's called crab shack on the way into Tofino. And it's just like this, uh, this cart sort of thing shanty that's like built up with nets and pieces of wood and it's like the best fish and chips i've ever had redfish blue fish is in victoria and it's built in like a shipping container nice same sort of deal though yeah if you're gonna be a fish and chips restaurant you should be in some sort of fish adjacent silliness uh for your, your restaurant yeah and you're only open for like six months out of the year that's how i know you're good yeah, uh, not overdo it with the fish. There's something I was going to ask. Oh, yeah, the, the strangest thing you've ever tried. Strangest thing I've ever tried. Strangest without it being xenophobic. Like, <sighs> just something that you tried that seems out of your comfort zone and you gave it a go anyhow. Okay, I hate pineapple. Wow, what? I hate it. It's disgusting. Um, the only time I'll eat it is if it's chopped up into super small pieces on pizza. So... Slow down for a second. So you will eat pineapple on a on a pizza. You will eat Hawaiian pizza. That is the only time I will eat pineapple. No, we're good. That's fine. I don't need okay. you to eat any. But I do need you to respect <laughs> Hawaiian pizza. Oh, no. Like, that's um, our go-to. We are a pro-Hawaiian pizza podcast, folks. That yep. is... I, I love a Hawaiian pizza. I just will never eat a piece of pineapple. I think it is deplorable. But when we were in Hawaii a few years ago... Um, I was talking to a a person at a restaurant and they were like, you've just never had fresh pineapple before. I'll bring you some. It'll be great. And I didn't want to be rude. 
I knew how it was going to end. I really did give it the old college try and it tasted like burning piss. Wow. I've never heard anyone describe pineapple that way before, but I respect where you're coming the from. Whole, the fruit is evolved to look dangerous so we don't eat it. The enzymes break down your mouth. It's eating you alive. It is a danger piss fruit. No one should eat it unless it's on pizza. I love pineapple. I will eat it from a can as a snack. <gasps> Those dull like uh, pineapple rings, I'll just, yeah, just munch that with a fork and then drink the juice after. <laughs> that said, fresh pineapple, I can do about a bowl of it, like a small, like, you know, tiny little bowl, like a rice bowl. And if I do more than that, a fresh pineapple, I usually do start to get like a sore mouth or something from the acid. Yeah, because the enzymes are trying to kill you. Yeah, but I killed them. So did I ever tell you about my mango rash? You didn't tell me about your mango rash. Um, when I worked at Community Natural Foods, um, I had never had mango before when I started working there. And they were like, oh, you got to try it. And so I loved it. It was so good. And so I bought a bunch to take home with me. And then the next day I broke out on my forearms in this rash. Like I had blisters. I went to the doctor. They were like testing me for a flesh eating bacteria. And then all of a sudden my doctor was like, wait, have you touched mangoes recently? And I was like, yeah, yesterday. Apparently, I'm just terribly allergic ah. to mango skins. Oh, you don't like to find out like that, do you? No, I was like, I'm dying. But you ate the mango and it was fine. The mango is fine. It's the it's the skin. That's so wild. But then later on, my doctor was like, so mangoes and pineapples are apparently in the same family. And so he was like, would it be interesting if your body, because again, Scottish, my people aren't aren't accustomed to these beautiful tropical fruits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, what if it was like an evolutionary trait where like your aversion to pineapple is to protect you from touching Interesting. Well, fruit in the same family. Allergies aren't exactly hereditary, but I feel like your doctor should have known better. <laughs> I'm just being a dink. But it was just like, like, well, at the same time too, they were testing me for like bacterial infections and then was like, wait a second. And this is why nobody trusts science anymore. What about you? What's your like? Uh, it wasn't weird in actual sort of like consumption, but like I saw it on the menu and I was like, can I eat a kangaroo? And I was like, yeah, I can eat a kangaroo. That doesn't seem that weird. I'm not going to be the kind of person that like looks at an animal differently just because I'm in a in part of the world and uh try to balk like sort of box at it because you know it's not my traditional thing like if you're gonna eat animals you eat animals okay if you had to liken it to some it tastes like steak okay that doesn't help me like oh it tastes like bat like what the fuck does that mean no, no sorry i mean it tastes like beef when i say steak because i'm an alberta boy i mean beef i thought you said snake and i was like that helps oh, me zero <laughs> <laughs> i've not eaten snake i have eaten crocodile uh it tastes like chicken uh, or more like frog, really, but frog sort of tastes like chicken too. Look at this fancy guy over here eating frogs. My God! No, you just go to Banff and go to that. What's that place called? The Grizzly oh. Cafe or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and they bring you those hot, hot slates, and you just get like nine different kinds of meats from like they've illicitly brought in on the back of a truck. Like we killed this panda. Have a bite. <gasps> I, okay, what's what's a type of meat you wouldn't eat? I guess human. But then we get back to the question of lab-grown meat. Would I eat human meat if it was from a lab? Would you? No, the human is too far. Like that's the one where I'm like, this is now we're just being weird, you know? I agree. I think I'm there too. But you could. You could get like in theory, we could take some some cell culture from a celebrity, grow a, a pound of George Clooney flesh. And uh, you could have a slice of that cooked up. I'm going to have to think about this one. I don't oh, know. fuck. This is probably a good anecdote to go out on. But did you ever hear about that dude who had his leg amputated and like cooked it up into tacos for his friends? No. What? This is a for real story. Oh, uh, no. 
that's come on fella yeah that can't be that's yeah. good did his friends know yeah man cook's amputated leg into top yeah they all agreed to do it he had to lose his leg and the way they dealt with it was to cook it up and eat it or at least it's a maybe it's a reddit urban myth you never know those stories become things we think are real and uh you know it's a good story i don't care if it's real or not it's fun to share man eats leg let me know if uh i'm i'm full of shit here sharing that story oh my people God. let me know if it turned out to be fake well i'm not gonna sleep but... it's a vice article they've never lied to anyone <laughs> the pillar of journalism that vice is yeah vice is always truthful but that that question of ethical eating humans could could be coming up sooner than we uh think because of uh because of lab-grown meat we could do that we could maybe taste some dinosaurs, some leftover woolly mammoth. Oh. There's no end to what we could try. But would you? And we both said no, because it seems wrong. We'll turn into Wendigo. Do you want to become a Wendigo? That's how you become a Wendigo. You eat human flesh. That is what that curse does. You become a Wendigo, and you roam the woods. Is that like a skin changer? Yeah, it's like a like the gaunt human that's humanoid thing, but then has to like travel the woods and eat people forever and is never satisfied is always hungry oh god well this took a very dark turn i was now we're like well and then you eat the skin and then you're traveling the world forever oh shit well you need to have uh some extra color <laughs> in your stories i think we can go out on that i'm, I'm i haven't lost my appetite yet have you uh, no I'll, i mean i'm not gonna lie i'll probably have a snack later i mean <laughs> we get lab grown meat we have 3d printers you could 3d print a face that you could eat ethically Totally. Yeah. Like morally or, or sort of uh, optics wise, should you? But but we're nearing a place where we can just 3D print a face and fucking eat it. Made of real human flesh. And that's something. This is dark. That we can all take this week and think about. This has been Dork Matters. I have been your <laughs> doofus dork, Ben Rankle. And, uh, and saying goodnight is our other host. Lexi, I'm scared of Ben. Dork. I'm not saying I'm going to eat a face. I'm I'm saying somebody could. Somebody could 3D print a face. Not me. I'm not going to eat the people. But I'm saying somebody could eat the people. No, I find it gross. And I don't want to be a Wendigo. I told you that. I don't want to be a Wendigo. Don't want to be cursed to wander the woods of Canada's boreal forest eating hunters that are straying too far from their campfires. That seems like a good place to leave it. Actually, yeah. that sounds okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give a rating, and tell a friend about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksiga, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Metis Region 3. Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network.